0: You said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late.
1: Suicide Squadcast.
0: This is a DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. So Tim, I know you're the one who usually complains every week <laughs> about everything in your life, sucking, but... Uh, not everything. My, no, no everything. I have I have recorded evidence <laughs> of two and a half years of, oh man, my week has been awful.
1: Actually, you do not unless you actually record it to your computer mic.
0: I do, <laughs> and, I, and I down and I download episodes, so I have, I uh, save them. That is true. But yeah. but it's been a crap week for me. Oh yeah, so many sick kids, sick kids, sick
1: kids everywhere. I've had I've had my wife and my son have been sick. They have both had the flu this week.
0: Well, my you know my youngest had the flu two weeks ago. Okay. My oldest got the flu and strep this week. My youngest has a double ear infection, and my wife was having surgery. Okay. And I, and I work and I work in a petri dish known as a public school. Yep. You know it's. It's like, how am I still standing? I do not know. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, how am I still standing? Because I,
1: uh, I'm running myself into the ground. <laughs> Just I'm not getting that much sleep right now because there's so many things going on. My wife works in a petri dish. She's a teacher at a school, so she is, you know, I think that's where she got her flu from. But then, of course, it is. Yeah, of course. But then my son also got it from daycare, so he had the flu. So either they got it from each other. I, who knows what happened? But so I had those two around me.
0: It's everywhere. It is everywhere right
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> now. I know it everywhere so like so I'm like I'm super busy right now at work like I can't afford to be out of, out of work and so I'm just like you know G- Jamie called me up she goes oh you know I just got from the doctor like I have the flu I'm like oh great so I'm like okay well I'm gonna finish up at work here I'm gonna come home and as I was on my way home she's like yeah I'm just gonna sit here I called her up and she's like I'm just sitting here watching a movie with the kids I just I don't have any energy to get up and do anything I'm achy I'm sore I'm you know I'm like okay that's fine just stay in bed put a movie on for the kids I'll be fine I'll take care of them when I get home so uh, I get home and she's she's in our bedroom we have a tv in her she's in our bedroom watching a movie with the kids and she's got the flu she told me she had the flu she's sleeping on my side of the bed <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm like, what are you doing? It's
0: all part of her plan. It's all part
1: of her plan. I'm like, what are you doing, Jamie? Why couldn't you sleep on your side of the bed? And she goes, oh, that's okay. Well, I'll sleep down on a couch. You know, I'll sleep down on a couch. After
0: she's infected the yeah. bedroom. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm like, you've already contaminated. Like, I literally need to put up like those little contamination symbols on the bed. I'm like, I literally can't sleep here right now.
0: <laughs> biohazard. Yeah,
1: biohazard. I'm like, I'm like, really? You had to sleep on my side of the bed? <laughs> Scott, you, oh. you, do you have do you have your side of the bed? Yes, I have my side of, of the course. bed. Of
0: course. It, it it didn't even it, which was weird because I it wasn't until I was married that I had a side of the bed. Yes, yeah, because here. I was one of those people that like I slept in the middle. I, like, I did too. The bed was my bed. My side of the bed was the bed. Yeah. And then it was really weird, you know, seeing you know, because pretty, pretty much your wife dictates which side of the bed is your side of the bed because she claims a side and you get what's left over. At least that's how it works in my relationship. So yes, <laughs> I have my I have my side of bed.
1: Okay. H- have you ever like swapped sides?
0: That has not been allowed. It that doesn't is not permitted. It doesn't.
1: Feel Feel right. I, we had to do it. We had to do it like one time. I think. I think it was another time. Like she was sick or something, or I was. I don't know what it was. But I'm like, okay, well, I'll sleep on your side. I'm like, it just didn't feel right. Like something was off.
0: <laughs> I will admit there was a time. Uh, I think when our last when our last child was born, and you know, I, I stayed at the hospital like every night with the first child. The second child was like, no, there's a night or two that I'm gonna go home. And I'm gonna get some real sleep. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> and there was just this moment of laying in my bed going. <gasps> So this is what it was like when the bed was all mine. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've I've had that because like Jamie has taken the kids over to her parents' house and she spent the night there with the kids, and so I like I've had the entire bed to myself, but I like I end up still kind of sleeping in my spot.
0: <laughs> oh no, no, not me, no, no. I I sprawl out and it's yeah. like this is mine. <laughs> it's all oh, mine. mine. Oh no, and she's always like, <laughs> oh honey, I just can't sleep when you're not around. I just <laughs> miss you so much. And I'm sitting going. <laughs>
1: I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Like, every time I travel, you know, I'll, I'll call Jamie. I'm like, you know, how you doing? I'm like, oh, she goes, oh, I'm just going to, I had trouble sleeping last night, you know, because you weren't here. I'm like, I'm like, nope, when you're gone, no, I'm like, me, I sleep just me. fine.
0: <laughs> oh, we're horrible people.
1: Uh, no, we're just, men. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, we're horrible. <laughs> yes, we're
0: horrible. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes it is true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, enough about our interesting home lives. I know. That's not what you tuned in for. Uh, are
1: we, were we kind of stalling there, Scott?
0: I think we're stalling. I it's, think we're kind of stalling. You know, we didn't even do any news last week, and we were looking at the news this week going, even with two weeks' worth of news, kind of like, what we got to talk about? Yeah. Well,
1: okay, I mean, we uh, we all, you know, we already said this with Walter Hamada coming in, that, like, you know, they were kind of in a slight holding pattern here, you know, until they figured out who was going to be running DC Films and all that. Now they've got somebody in that position. Things are going to start happening a lot quicker here. I, I'm sure Walter's coming in, and, you know, they're going to kind of continue on with the general plan that they had. Uh, you know, probably some adjustments here and there, but, like, I, I think at this point, now that they have somebody in place, like you know it's time to get moving it's time to get things going here and so i, I think we'll uh, i think as you know i would imagine here once we get through the first quarter of this year or like maybe even late first quarter i, I bet you we're going to start hearing a lot more because i mean we're already hearing a ton from the shazam filming is just getting started so and then we uh, we been hearing some rumblings about suicide squad so i, I think we're going to start hearing a lot more about uh, some stuff I, I, we're definitely in a lull there
0: i hope so because i want to talk about stuff yeah even though um i am hoping that you know we can do a at some point do a gotham by gaslight, especially yeah. since the, the 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 physical release happens next week, and I did record a review with DC on screen, and then you know, crap happened, and yeah. that review got lost. They decided um, not to use you. I heard. I think that's what I heard. It's not that. Stop with your clickbaity headlines. <laughs> Yeah, but they did end up recording a really good review, um, but I hope they be able to do one with you, because, uh, spoiler, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, okay. So, I'm looking forward for my Target Steelbook book to show up next week, because it shipped today, so nice. now I'm just eagerly awaiting my physical copy. Yes, Brent, my physical copy that I'm going <laughs> to rub all over your stupid face, because I, l- I like physical media. <laughs> that was a little intense. I'm sorry. I have problems.
1: You need to, you're at 11 right now. You need to be at a
0: two. Two? Okay. Yeah, okay, calm it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Brent, what's yes. Mind, let's remind everyone that we are the Suicide Squadcast of the Suicide Squadcast Network, which includes Brit and Ray over at DC TV Squadcast talking about all the shows on the DCCW, uh, and Fans Without Borders, where they pretty much talk about anything geeky.
1: Yeah, and then we have Chris and Jordan over at DC Comic Squadcast talking about all kinds of comics, and they're finishing up Dark Knight's Metal here coming up. I think, what is it? When's that last issue come out?
0: Oh, it's in a, it's in, it's like in a few weeks, because yeah. five just came out, and it's a right. six-issue mini. Yeah, so they'll,
1: they're... We're talking about that one. We're also talking about Watchmen. You mean Doomsday so Clock? Doomsday Clock. Yeah, that's a lot of fun happening over there.
0: And then um, don't forget that you know if you we want to thank our generous patron supporters, and if you want to head on over there, if you think you can you know help us out, you know five dollars a month gets you access to you know exclusive RSS feed of B roll, ex- Patreon exclusive shows like Movie Squadcast, and uh, Chris is doing a early release of this uh, issue by issue podcast where they're reviewing Legends of the Dark. Night, So that's been kind of fun to listen to. The first issue is actually free on Comixology, so I downloaded it so I could read and follow along on the podcast. Mm.
1: That was a lot of fun, and uh, and also we're going to be recording our X Men review coming up here, probably in about a week and a half, two weeks somewhere in there. Yeah,
0: apparen- so. appar- apparently, that's, a, that's the that's that's the hot t- that's the hot ticket in town. Is uh, of the six of us, yeah, of the six of us, only
1: four. There can be only four. There can only be four. <laughs> that's my rule. <laughs> there might be more. Who knows? It's it might be a little bit too hard to coordinate six people talking because the problem with like all of us as hosts is none
0: of us can shut up well we are kind of making a business of talking so I don't see why that's a bad thing
1: yeah, I guess that's
0: probably true but I mean when
1: you put six of us in a room it's just like it's, it's
0: too many alpha personalities <laughs> no there, there's, there's your alpha personality who can't handle anyone else I mean well, let's be honest you're, you're you're a little bossy you're a little bossy boss a little
1: bossy little bossy that's that's how I roll well speaking of rolling let's talk about some news like, I think we stalled enough Scott <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: all right so our next film coming up is actually Aquaman coming up later this year and uh, James Wan has been very, very quiet. Stark contrast to how David Sandberg is is handling <laughs> his stuff with Shazam. It's really interesting.
0: But Wan has only kind of gone quiet during post-production. Like, during production, he was pretty much, he, we were hearing a lot. Well, we're n- not as much as Sandberg. I mean, he... No, 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 it, no. No one matches Sandberg. It was maybe no like... One a, no one matches Sandberg. No, no one matches
1: Sandberg. It was like maybe uh, some kind of little tease or a piece of something like maybe once a month from Wan. The, like, there really was wasn't that much, Scott.
0: It, well, it should, it's should. It seemed like enough.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we got some great images. We, we you know, we saw uh, Jason Momoa, uh, in what we think is like a submarine. We've seen a couple images from that. But aside from that, like, not much. Not much at all.
0: Well, what did we get this week?
1: Well, so this week, a Creepy Puppet, uh, cause at least it's his name on Twitter, James Wan, posted an image of, uh, it's Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who is playing Black Manta. And this is where they're actually doing a voice looping. So this is like post-production, and this is where they're actually coming in and and uh re-recording dialogue here I would assume.
0: It's the ADR process, yeah. Yeah.
1: So re-recording dialogue. Because you know like when they actually film, you know, it's hard to get good, crisp, clear dialogue because you can't really put a, a microphone in front of everyone's face. It it kind of it kind of you know messes up the scene. So
0: And I suppose Yaya's got a pretty big ass helmet on his head. Yeah, I would so imagine he,
1: <laughs> Well we gosh, we have no idea what he
0: has. No idea what it looks like. Okay, but, but here's a
1: hint. This. Here's a hint. Okay, this is I'm I'm gonna read what James Wan said. He said doing voice looping. Hey, Yaya, why are you talking into a trash can? Oh, right. Fancy way of simulating the inside of a certain large helmet. So he posted oh. this at the first of the month. So it's literally a picture of Yaya in the recording studio. Uh, he's got a couple of microphones around him. He's literally got himself, his head partially into one of those like kind of like tall kitchen black garbage cans, a plastic garbage can. So the insinuation here is that, you know, they're, they're trying to modulate his voice, you know, uh, realistically, I guess, with uh, actually talking into a garbage can.
0: Well, because he would have an echo. Yeah, it if he would. in a helmet, he'd yeah. have an echo.
1: Yeah, but I kind of, like, pictured, I, at least in my mind, you know, because we've gotten such great, like, modulated voices now, like, you know, I loved how they, you know, did at flex Batman's voice in Batman v Superman. Yeah, I kind of felt like, okay, you know, you always see that helmet, it's it's always depicted as kind of like this, this you know, tingy metal helmet that Black Manta wears. So I, I pictured, like, this very mechanical sounding kind of modulation. But, I mean, it, this, this would kind of imply, like, an echoey, kind of, like, deadened, you know, echo voice. So I don't know. I'm, it's I'm so... so intrigued by this.
0: Yeah, I'm just ready for Aquaman to be here, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, I, oh another movie I'm looking forward to? Shazam. Shazam. You usually say that every week. <laughs> well, I had to give it to you once, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not greedy with my Shazam. No, you're not. Uh, but I never thought I'd be this excited about this movie, but I swear, Sandberg is the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so, starting off, there was Sandberg on Reddit. That man gets on Reddit and, like, takes it head on. So, apparently a fan on Reddit asked about Shazam being the D.C. EU's first, quote, comedic movie to which Sandberg replied, I think it's very funny, but the humor comes more from the situations rather than quippy one-liners. For people who who read too much into things that's not intended as a dig at Marvel or anyone in particular, quippy one-liners can be great. The important thing for me is to mix the funny with a threat that's serious and to also have dramatic moments. All funny all the time, take the weight out of it. Amen, Sandberg!
1: Yes, that's exactly, like, he voiced exactly uh, like, when when I have things that I that pull me out of some of the Marvel movies, and and he's you know he's being very political here. He's saying this is not intended to be a dig at Marvel, but he immediately jumped to that like apology <laughs> after he said quippy one liner So I think he's really just trying to get at the heart of what I think some some people have issues with when it comes to like you know too much comedy in these films. And 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 I liked what he said there because you know uh, he said he wants the humor to come from situations rather than just kind of like one-liners, which I always see as like kind of
0: forced one-liners. So I I'm in total agreement with that. Oh, so good, so good. And then, apparently, we're still getting more casting. Uh, Deadline's reporting that uh, the No Tomorrow actress, Marta Millins, or Milans has joined the cast. Uh, based on the report, she's going to play one of the foster parents at the home where Billy lives, which is likely going to be the character of Rosa Vasquez, who, alongside her husband in the New 52, looked after Billy and his foster siblings.
1: Okay, well, very cool. And there's also some additional casting, and this one was a shock. They're casting a lot of Loston. And uh, she posted this on Twitter, a picture of her and David Sandberg. And she says, yes, I have a role in Shazam. I can finally say that. No, I can't say anything else yet. But here I am with a director on set. He's a great guy. I know him. And then in parentheses, she says, I love him. We're married. I'm bragging.
0: <laughs> so this is
1: literally this is literally David Sandberg's wife. So. I
0: think she's adorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this. <laughs> I love the uh, this picture is hilarious of these two.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen her or anything. And I think she was actually in... She
0: was in Annabelle... In, Annabelle creation yeah i think she was
1: i think she was in the last film which i i haven't seen yet i picked it up but i haven't seen it yet Yeah, i
0: don't watch those i don't those movies which i don't
1: understand because you you watched it i
0: i I know i know you're like a
1: walking contradiction
0: (laughs) i am a walking contradiction um but the weird thing i don't like horror movies but you watched it but because it was stephen king
1: and you're and not only did you watch it you're holding out for the extended cut of it the director's cut of it
0: i know no don't say it makes sense i I can't (laughs) i all i can say is i don't like horror movies but I love Stephen King. Okay, Look, okay, okay, hold on. No, 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 no. Ray and I had when you were whiny and being a little, uh, being a little baby about <laughs> our recording last Friday, and you were like, "I gotta go."
1: I literally had to go.
0: <laughs> I like to the bathroom. Like you, literally, you had to no, go.
1: No, I had stuff to do, <laughs> and you guys are sitting there going on and on. And I'm like, seriously, dude, I have to get up early.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Ray and I were talking, and I and I was trying to kind of explain the, the thing about Stephen King, a really good Stephen King movie versus a quote horror movie in general is that it's not about the gore. It's not about the jump scares. It's just about the psychology of the characters and the the creep factor. Like, you feel tense and creepy, but it's not like all this gore in your face, and you're not, like, they're not trying to scare you every five minutes.
1: Yeah, but it's, you should watch The Conjuring.
0: Is it like that? I don't yes, know. I've, yes. Okay. There's no gore that's in it. fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, if that's the case, then I will watch it.
1: Do, do the, okay, do me a favor. Watch, do you have, do you have access to The Conjuring?
0: I can get access. I mean, I I do I do live in a world of modern technology? I no,
1: know, I, I know, but I don't. I'm not going to make you like buy it, you know, unless you knew it. Okay, we, we can make an arrangement here. <laughs> okay, um, watch the first uh, five minutes of The Conjuring. Okay, it's fantastic. All right, it's fantastic. And the first five minutes, really is completely different than the rest of the film, but it'll it'll give you an idea of of what James Wan is able to do. Okay, okay, and then and then once you kind of get past the five minutes, like the whole rest of the film, it's the thing is like the first five minutes deal with um, the man and wife. What do they call them anyway? The that are recognized by the church, the Catholic Church, like a demonologist or something like that. An exorcist. It's an exorcist. I don't know if they use that term. Maybe they did. But anyway, it's so they're in that first five minutes. But the first five minutes is like a flashback of a totally separate, unrelated story. Okay. And then it follows the married couple again, and it goes off, and you have the rest of the film, which is super. It's it's it reminds. So I think this would fit what you like. I'm I'm thinking it does because it's it's a slow build, and there are moments in the film where like things are being set up for the very cliche type of horror moments and they don't happen. So you're sitting there Ooh. thinking oh this is about ready to happen because you, you know it's it's so cliche at this point and James Wan is completely doing it on purpose and he's kind of setting it up and then you're expecting something to happen and nothing happens. So and then it just moves on again and you're like so then the, the tension builds up even more for me.
0: Okay so. the, no, since we're talking about Shazam's though uh, what about Sandberg? Like have you seen any of his films? Well well,
1: we're okay we're first talking about Conjuring which is James Wan and then he did Annabelle Creation. Right but
0: Annabelle is a spinoff from Conjuring Conjuring, is it not? Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: So, yeah, I haven't really seen any of his films. I mean, of course, Lights Out, uh, that's the one that kind of like, I would say kind of put him on the map. Okay. And was, you know, pretty highly praised for that one. I haven't seen that one. I did pick up Annabelle Creation. I'm going to watch that soon, but I wanted to kind of run through um, the Conjuring series up to this point and then watch that one first. So I'll be watching that one here soon.
0: Okay. But yeah. Yeah.
1: So anyway, just kind of walked around in circles there, but, but so that'll just get back to the Conjuring. That'll give you an idea of what James Wan can do.
0: Oh, yay. I'm excited. Well, and speaking about, you know, we're kind of starting to hear things, like Joel Kinnaman is you know, making a little bit of noise about Suicide Squad, and apparently he sat down, well, he, he's apparently in this Altered Carbon, which is Netflix's new sci-fi series, which just dropped today, because I got the notification on my phone. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, It's a sci-fi show. Of course I'll check it out. Sounds interesting. Sounds very interesting. Um, and he had this quote. He said, the biggest problem with Suicide Squad was in the third act, it was a great setup, great characters. I think that if, when we do the second one, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a more grounded version of the film. The characters are so extreme; it could be more effective if we're seeing them with maybe less sorcery. Because I think the characters become more extreme if you see them in conjunction with real people. Yeah. Amen. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I mean, this is consistent with what David Ayer had said as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he he said, "Look, you know, the biggest problem and the biggest regret he had was like who he had uh, selected as the antagonist in the film." And I th- I think this is exactly right. And this is the this is the one issue that I've had with the. Film. Uh, the one major issue, I would say, it was because you had all these great characters, and then you just kind of like throw this mystical element into it, which to me just didn't really seem to fit. Yeah, the middle
0: part of that movie is still my favorite part of it.
1: The- yeah, I, I liked I, I liked everything except for the third act. I mean, I, I didn't hate the third act, but I just kind of felt like the third act was like it felt like a different film, and it's not exactly the one I I would have liked to have seen. Drink, drink. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we're,
0: we're just starting. Well, we need to start cataloging the Suicide Squadcast <laughs> network drinking games. That's right. <laughs> a, uh, let's talk about the film we got drink yeah it's not the <laughs> film i wanted drink right it's all subjective drink it's all
1: subjective and what's the brent one you know uh there's no such thing as a must see yeah uh,
0: uh, you know there yeah there, there's no, there's no must watch there's no must see what else what else is brent you know physical media yuck you know yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, drink yeah. drink yeah Yeah. yeah. i would you know. definitely um, be drunk every
1: time we listen oh, to God. an episode. <laughs> Yeah. So so that's kind of cool. Now, he didn't come out and say that they were definitely filming here. Uh, but we've, you know, there's been some really big, you know, persistent rumors here that, you know, come the end of the third quarter, uh you know, coming the last few months of the year that they should begin filming Suicide Squad 2. And we had some read some other reports. There was one from uh Revenge of the Fans and and uh it it was kind of mentioned that Suicide Squad 2 was kind of a priority for Warner Brothers. That's what they're hearing. Uh, moving on. So we've been wondering like Chris McKay has been occasionally dropping some things. He, of course, is the director of uh, of the, I guess it's been announced, right? Announced Nightwing film. (laughs)
0: it's one of you know it's one of those it wasn't it wasn't in the movie slate that they announced it was in the movie slate and it's never been quote like there hasn't been a press release or anything it's been more like those like the trades reported yeah but Chris McKay has been talking about it and the last thing we heard from Chris McKay was we start hearing something around February right well apparently he's kind of zeroing in for when we can actually hear some Nightwing news yeah
1: yeah so he had actually posted on Twitter and he was replying to somebody and I don't remember what the original part of the conversation was but he, he followed up with uh, he said it's really too early to talk about casting uh, for Nightwing but he said in February and he said say around Valentine Day maybe I should have an update about where everything is with the first Nightwing movie and then uh, he kind of followed up and clarified uh, he says he's referring to an update that he can share so like I guess the question was like you know he, was he saying that he'll know more himself in February but no he's basically saying that you know this is something that he he expects that he should be able to share he's been pretty consistent talking about early of this year that he was going to be sh- be able to share something and that was from several months back, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. So,
1: so and this is the thing. I mean, we talk about like you know, it hasn't really been announced, uh, I, and you know, I think what what we uh, what what we believe is happening with Warner Brothers, and and I think has been kind of confirmed through a, a various different reports uh recently. Is is Warner Brothers uh, when it comes to DC Films properties? There's a lot of things that are in stages of development, and it seems like they're definitely they're definitely to be less a slave to a premiere date on a film and more a slave to like, hey, churn a bunch of things when something looks like, hey, this is really going to hit on all cylinders. When's it going to be ready? And then that's when they are going to announce it.
0: Hey, I'm all for that.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, we've already heard that uh, from that old Vulture article. Uh, Diane Nelson and Jeff Johns talked about, you know, going forward, they're going to be less a slave to the shared universe. They're going to be part of a shared universe. And, you know, they'll acknowledge other movies in a shared universe. But it's not like it's going to to be a lot like how
0: Wonder Woman was, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I think I, so too. Yeah, I, that worked for me.
1: It, it did work. It really does work because because then it just allows the filmmaker to to tell exactly the movie that they want and not have to kind of slide in these awkward you know references to help promote another film and all that.
0: So well, uh, but I feel like Suicide. Squad, that was something Suicide Squad did well. You know the idea of why Suicide why the Suicide Squad needed well because Superman's dead. Yeah, so we kind of need our own team. You know, I you know everyone gives Wonder Woman credit, but I feel like Suicide squad did it and you know we had the nice little cameo by Batfleck and the mention of Superman being dead i thought that worked very organically personally
1: well and i really like that opening too like it, it to me when the film started off and you, you first see Amanda war and they they actually showed the funeral scene of superman like i really liked that like that was that was like saying yep this is the same world it's all connected but it was it was very naturally part of the story that they were telling mm-hmm. and so i i and one of them was the same way you know the book ends Scenes of that film, I think, worked out really nicely, and I and I just love how you know I still love that photograph that they first took a picture of for Batman v Superman, and just brought it into Wonder Woman.
0: No, actually, they
1: they the f- they filmed they took the picture during the filming of Wonder, Wonder Woman, 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 and brought it into Batman v Superman. Batman but it Superman. first showed up in Batman v Superman.
0: Right. Yeah. But I was I was just saying hold hold, hold your hold your horses on the timeline there. Uh, I know I I knew the timeline. So well, you sure didn't talk like it. Come on. Okay, keep, <laughs> I like was I talking keep about when too.
1: I was talking about when we saw the picture.
0: Um, no, nah, it's not what you said, but okay, well, we'll go with that.
1: <laughs> Let's go with something else. Carry on. Uh,
0: what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, okay, so, we, and we kind of touched on this. We actually touched on it in Patreon. I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet.
0: No, no, we didn't, because we had a nice big conversation between you, Ray, and me, and it was on Patreon. If you really want to hear our thoughts about the Oscar nominations, <laughs> you know, go there. You know, $5 a month. It's <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> well, so there was a lot of people that... That were really disappointed
1: about Wonder Woman not being nominated for anything in any Oscar category, and I will just say, like, you know, I think Wonder Woman's a really, really good film. I honestly did not expect Wonder Woman to get nominated for anything. I thought, if anything, it was going to be maybe like a technical nomination, kind of like Suicide Squad.
0: Well, I thought like costumes, something, or something like, that. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. The below the, I think as uh, Brent and Ray refer to it, and fans of the boys, the the below the line, yeah, uh, awards, right? Yeah. So I mean.
1: There's there's a lot of uh, interesting films being put out this year and and I you know and just in general I mean guys I mean the, you know the Academy is not super receptive to superhero films
0: or science fiction or, or science fiction really I mean they're not really super super to the genre films in general I mean Lord of the Lord of the Rings winning was like a whoa okay yeah like that
1: well and Heath Ledger yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah so I mean I, I wasn't I thought it was very likely Wonder Woman wasn't going to get nominated for anything non technical and. uh so I I wasn't the least bit surprised by it, uh, but I know a lot of people were disappointed, and and that's understandable. I mean, Wonder Woman is a really fun, good film to watch and very enjoyable. You know, as a comic book film, it, it stands it stands out as one of the best. So I'm like I get I get all that, but you know, when it comes to like you know comparing it to something like Darkest Hour or Dunkirk or you know you know Blade Runner, well Blade Runner didn't get nominated for uh, Best Picture, right? It was
0: no no Blade Runner Blade Runner only get nominated for technical awards, technical which awards, it, yeah, which argh, that, that's <laughs> that's that's up there with you know all i know is it better win best cinematography that's yeah. all I'm saying
1: so i'm not I'm not too surprised by it you know like I know a lot of people are upset about Golgado not getting nominated for best actress and I, I think she's a fine actress and she she's dramatically improved over some of the stuff that you know some of the earlier stuff she's done so I, I think she's growing by leaps and bounds a, as an actress but you know she's i don't think she's she, i don't think she's earned best actress nomination rights yet
0: um, I, I it's one of those games in all those categories i'd just say look at who who did get nominated I mean seriously look at that competition yeah
1: and that's just it you you can't you can't be disappointed I mean there's there's a lot of really good you know filmmakers out there in movies and actors and actresses I mean there's it's tough competition it really is
0: I just go back to the fact that Christopher Nolan has just got just this year with Dunkirk and his first best director nomination the right. man has never been nominated before yeah if that tells you anything right so it's like whoa yeah so and anyway so um,
1: but I, I did kind of find it interesting like you know we've talked some uh, about studios in the past, and this is—we'll uh I'll tell you about where Warner Brothers kind of fits in terms of like nominations, you know, by studio. Warner Brothers actually came in tied for second with the most nominations. They came in with fourteen nominations for their films, and they were tied with Focus Features, which is actually owned by Comcast, and it's—it's it's like through Universal Pictures.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love Focus. puts out a lot of movies I like. They do.
1: They kind of put out a lot of like foreign type films, indie films.
0: No, they do a lot of indie films and good and and good ones. Right. Really good ones, so I'm I'm not surprised by that at all.
1: Yeah, but Fox Searchlight, twenty nominations,
0: twenty nominations. uh, That's got to be. Is Shape of Water a Fox Searchlight movie? I think that explains big number because Shape of Water, Shape of Water individually has like the most. uh, I'm I'm double checking on that, but I think it has to be just by the sheer the number, like the 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 number because it's got to be getting because basically one movie gets so many nominations that It just helped the studio. Yeah, in total.
1: Yeah, Shape of Water. Just to tell you by. Film *Shape of Water* had thirteen nominations, and the next closest film was *Dunkirk*, which had eight. So. And
0: *Dunkirk* is a Warner Brothers movie, right?
1: So yeah, so that uh, was over half of Warner Brothers' nominations was *Dunkirk* alone. Ah, oh, not surprised yeah. at all. That's a that's that's Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, *Shape of Water* is distributed by Fox Searchlight. So that explains. So that <laughs> that is, so that's the thirteen of twenty Fox Searchlight nominations were *The Shape of Water*. So there and, we go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, just kind of interesting. Uh, so I I would say you know uh, for those of you that are upset. Like, it's, it's, you have every right to be upset. Uh, but it's, it's not unlikely <laughs> that that would have happened.
0: Well, you know what? We've made kind of a running gag on this show the past few weeks about <laughs> commenting on really bad promotion art mm-hmm. and, and, and box art. And this week is no exception because Batman News did an exclusive reveal of the digital HD artwork for Justice League. And, you know, Brent likes to make fun of how, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm getting my digital, I'm getting my, uh, my digital copy of the movie movie, and the art's just fine. Mm, not this time, Brent. Not this time. <laughs> Drink.
1: Uh, Drink. This one, you know, it, and I think we what was it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we hammered? Or at least it I hammered. Two, I think both y- of us hammered. Two weeks
0: ago, yeah. you hammered the 4K. The 4K uh, was bad. <laughs> the 4K was bad.
1: Yes. And and I said it couldn't really get any worse than this. <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold my beer. This one is it's just bad. It's so bad. It just it just goes to show you that like they're not pumping too much more money into this film. <laughs> they literally Really took some whatever images they had uh, and they just photoshopped something together and it just uh, I don't know it's just a very generic ugly looking cover so this is I think just the one that shows up in the digital library right it,
0: well, that's what it's that's what Batman News was reporting That this is going to be the one that like when it comes out on like Vudu and iTunes and all that you know I've kind
1: of noticed that I, I mean, this is something that's kind of new like when digital movies first kind of came out like they literally would kind of show the cover artwork for a Blu-ray in that small little tiny image and so sometimes it was kind of hard to see you know what film actually it is like if you didn't recognize the artwork and the film title was kind of you know was small you you really couldn't it's not real conducive to a small icon and i've noticed that now with all this digital artwork for a lot of films that like they have these really big bold letters announcing this is the name of the film and then just completely different artwork
0: yeah and i, I don't like the trend i really don't like trend because it really makes the artwork look awful
1: yeah it's i would just rather give me bigger icons and show me the actual picture but i get it it's 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 a changing you know medium and and this is going to probably be the kind of thing that you do going forward whatever it's fine i don't like it don't no it's nah. not fine no don't, don't 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 acquiesce don't accept mediocrity okay so here's my you know for one thing it's just it's just a ugly looking photoshop job here's the one of the biggest issues i have on this entire thing they put batman at the top kind of front and center at the top which is fine but they put the dc logo literally on top of his batman logo his bat logo
0: on his chest it literally looks like he's wearing a dc logo dc the house the batman Bill. K. that's right what about it superman <laughs> come at me bro <laughs> Still I there was a movie I'm upset. Lego Batman did not get nominated for best animated feature. I'm sorry. I I am grr grr, grr. <laughs> Oh well. Grr. Okay. That that was my Oscar rant of the night. There you, was, there you go.
1: Um so anyway, uh okay, we just had to spend a little time kind of ranting on this thing, but I do want to kind of talk about the little promotional posters that they're putting out for this. Uh so they so far we've seen one for Aquaman, we've seen one for Cyborg, and we've seen one for Flash. And they're they're kinda like Instagram sized posters, they're just a, a square poster. Uh, very artistic, but it really reminds me of, like, album covers like from the 70s. Well,
0: it reminds me of, like, the Mondo art. That's yes. what it reminds me yeah. of. Yeah. I
1: mean, much the same kind of thing, but um, they're actually kind of cool. I kind of like some of the artwork for these.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. It would remind me, remember those, like, a Japanese posters we had for, no, it was I think it was Chinese posters. It was
0: China. It was the China posters. They had yes. the best posters
1: for Just League, although it didn't <gasps> seem to work because it did not do well over in China. No, I take that back. It did. It did fairly well in China. It was Star Wars that did horribly well
0: yes that is true yeah so but yeah these are kind of cool posters I, I may like tweet these out um this next news I am I am so conflicted over this news Ray and I talked about it off air uh last week and then he brought it up for fans without borders with Brent but um I guess this is the chance for you, Tim for you and I to talk about this Yeah. uh it was announced this uh, about a week ago that um Hans Zimmer is returning to score superhero movies and he will be doing the score for X-Men Dark Phoenix hmm. okay Okay, I am of two minds of this. One, I was already excited for the Dark Phoenix movie, and Hans Zimmer doing the score right. sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. The flip side. So basically, your retirement from superhero movies was just Justice League.
1: It was just the period of post-production of Justice League, and that was it.
0: Yes, that was it.
1: <sighs> there's a story there, isn't there, Scott?
0: There's got to... I'm, I'm not... There's got to be a story there. I, there's got to be a story. I would normally say, oh, I'm not conspiracy theorist. No, no. When it comes to Justice <laughs> League, I am totally like tinfoil... Hat. you know i'm mel i'm mel gibson buying every copy of catcher in the rye there's a 90s movies reference for you yeah um but but, um something's up there yeah. i'm sorry you don't announce a retirement of superhero movies to literally skip out of one movie and then come back
1: well to be fair it was almost a year
0: it was and he did and he did dunkirk and blade runner in that time
1: oh yeah that's right so that was like after justice league right all that was done after justice league
0: well they all were. both of them released before justice league but you know because blade runner was in October
1: no but I mean Justice League has been in post-production for quite a while so
0: okay I, I don't know when the other films went into post-production yeah, he did true. both those he he co-scored Blade Runner and he completely did um, Dunkirk and yeah there sounds like there's a story there yeah. of, about wanting to get out of Justice League yeah. and uh, but, but I'm also excited because I'm going to go see Dark Phoenix and uh, as I was telling Ray I'm happy to I, I'm hoping this story gets done right not like X-Men The Last Stand and <laughs> uh, I can only imagine what Zimmer's going to bring to the score. So I'm, yeah. I, that's a, that's a movie I'll be seeing and that's a score I'll probably be either A, listening to or B, buying.
1: Yeah. Hans Zimmer is one of those kind of guys, just like with Zack Snyder films, like I, I will automatically pick up a Zack Snyder film just because I love his work so much. Hans Zimmer, that's an automatic buy for me. Whatever soundtrack he does, I, I'm picking it up. I like, I was just listening to uh, Dunkirk on the way to work the other day and it's such a hip, hypnotic. And uh, it, it's such a like energetic, you know, cause he does that, like, what do they call it? Like, A shepherd's tone, yes, yeah, and and it's it's psychologically, it's this weird thing that kind of makes you feel like you're constantly rising up and like the intensity is just ever increasing. And and that's like the little uh, like the little subliminal kind of audio trick they do with a shepherd's tone. And they do it so, he does it so well with uh, Dunkirk. And so I was just listening to that thing on the way to work, and I was like, I just love it. And the same thing with like Interstellar love oh, interstellar yeah oh. so so yeah I, I i'm super excited about this to be honest with you i mean because i i do like the x-men films but throwing han Zimmer into that oh, i'm just like that
0: raises my enthusiasm for that thing quite a bit oh okay but it does make me go wonder hmm justice league hmm. <laughs> it does it makes one go it, it gives one pause i will it say it does
1: <laughs> so scott and then moving on to this little story now I, I had a super busy week so i was i was hardly picking up any news until like end of the day i'd like finally see kind of like what was transpiring during the day. And I saw that apparently there was some freak out or some like all these headlines being put out about, um, I, I think the first one I saw was, you know, typical Batman news put out something like 5,500 angry DC fans are trying to sabotage Black Panther. I'm like, what, what the hell is this about? I, I didn't even look at the story. I just kind of looked at that and I saw another headline. I'm like, okay, this is quite honestly one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and as typical, it's clickbait at its worst uh, was was what was kind of. To happen. He's kind of leading this thing off, and and I didn't even really know what the story was, but the the gist of it was supposed to be like, okay, apparently there's all these angry DC fans that are going to get together and want to sabotage Black Panther just because. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, this sounds like some of the biggest BS I've ever heard in my entire life. And so I didn't really know what the story was, but Scott, you had like a kind of a different take on this. I don't
0: give a rat. <laughs> I really I hear, when I see clickbitty headlines or stories about fans or people doing stupid things, guess what I do? Keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling. I just don't care. I don't have time in my day. I mean, literally that day was the day I had to stay home from work because one of my kids was sick. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's like people are retweeting it, people. People are are commenting on it. People are asking for comments on it. And it's like, you know, all you're doing is spreading it. Mm -hmm. If you just ignored it, nothing (laughs) would happen. Yeah. And and guess what? It turned out to be semi-fake or or like it's just one guy with a seriously messed up worldview. Yeah. Trying to push something. And it's just like, you know what? If we all didn't get righteously indignant about everything, if we would just ignore it and move on, crap like that would stop happening because they'd realize these are attention-starved people. Yeah. Both the headlines and the people who start this crap. It's like, just ignore it. Leave it alone. It's like when your child throws a hissy fit in the grocery store. You know what I do? I keep on walking. (laughs) And you let them flail in the middle of the aisle, and guess what they do? They stop when they realize no one's paying attention. (laughs) That's what the internet is. It's the child throwing the hissy fit in the middle of the grocery store. That's exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, but the problem is way too many people pay attention.
0: But that's my point! We were even kind of debating, do we even talk about this? Because it's such a... I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Yeah. Because it, it, it's ca- it's just generating more attention to it. I would rather talk. I'd rather talk about the group. I think it's over at Comic Book Debate that's raising money to send Bronx school kids to go see Black right, Panther. Right. You know that's worth. That's news worth talking about because that's an awesome thing.
1: Yeah, and this whole thing, it's like I, I just wanted to ridicule it for one. Like even on its, if if it was even true on its face value, whoever decides that they want to go knock down a film put out by people that are very passionate about it and did their best to put out the best film possible, you want to go. And knock it down just because you have a bone to pick, then you're an idiot. Okay, <laughs> that that's that's just flat out stupid. And then for those that are putting out the clickbait headlines as well, that's as that's equally as idiotic. Like I just I'm you know just just sometimes when I think okay finally we're gonna get past this, you still have this stupid crap come up like this.
0: <laughs> oh oh no no, no 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 we're never. You know what? the only way we're gonna get past it is if we leave the child screaming in the middle of the aisle and and go about our business. That is how you do it. True. <laughs> the internet like a spoiled brat. That's what you do. Yeah.
1: Oh, well. So that's all we have to say on that because it's- Can you it's, tell that
0: I raised a toddler? Can you tell I'm a parent of a toddler? Oh, I mean, course. seriously. Of course. It's, it's so, it's so flippin' obvious. Like, yeah. I'm just applying my parenting skills to the internet.
1: Yeah. So, Scott. Okay. So let's go ahead and close out the show. Let's talk about one interesting DC TV bit of news and then some interesting
0: comic book news. I think some a major comic book news. I'm really excited for this comic book news. Okay. So some interesting TV news. Okay. So, Variety reported that we that they, that there are more plans for even more programming on this yet to be named DC streaming service, the one that's already got Young Justice and Titans and an animated Harley Quinn cartoon, Netflix add-on. <coughs> Excuse me. Are you done? Are you done, sir? I am done. Okay. That's my prediction. Netflix okay. add-on. W- whatever you say. Okay. No, Amazon you Pro- heard it here first. Amazon, Amazon Prime add-on. I I could I could handle that. It could um, be the one. <laughs> Warner Brothers Television, and DC Entertainment are apparently creating a series called Metropolis that will be set in the city before the arrival of Superman. It will follow Lois Lane and Lex Luthor as they investigate the world of fringe science and expose the city's dark and bizarre secrets. It is a straight series order. Like, they're not ordering a pilot and waiting. Like, no, they're going straight to series with it. Thirteen episodes. It will debut in the service in 2019. Is being brought... It was originally considered as a companion to Gotham on Fox because it is being executive produced by John Stevens and Danny Cannon of, of uh, Gotham uh, because both of those are writers and executive producers and Stevens is the showrunner of Gotham so Canon will direct the first episode and Stevens will write the first episode of Metropolis okay. so more it's interesting like they haven't even started the service yet mm-hmm. but yet they're continuing to like don't worry it's not just two shows we've got another show we got another show it's like they're they're making sure that they're letting you know there will be ongoing programming on this show yeah what it sounds like to me though is that they're gonna release a show or two, and when one show's over, the next show starts. I'll drop another one in. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what it's looking like to me.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm not super enthused about you know who the showrunner and the you know the director is going to be on the first episode. I just because like I I don't want uh, like Gotham is fine, but I would have liked. Are you caught up on
0: Gotham? Oh hell no. Oh see, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a the summer. Problem. That's I've already announced that this is that's a summertime catch up for me. Okay, season four's been good. I've yeah. really enjoyed season four. I think they had to find their legs. Yeah.
1: So, so okay, so I, I will give you that. And I, and I don't know if they're still involved. Are these guys still the showrunners for Gotham right now?
0: No, no. Stevens is the showrunner. He's
1: still the showrunner? Okay.
0: Well, he is the showrunner. I think Bruno Heller started off. Right. And he helped create the show. Bruno Heller helped create Gotham. But I think he's kind of obviously not, like, in the day-to-day.
1: Okay. Because that that was the – I think Gotham's weakest season was the first season. I, I will agree. From what I've seen so far. And so uh, if, if Bruno Heller is not involved – like, you know, if – Maybe some of the problems that I have with the first season of Gotham maybe it was just related to really you know direction for Bruno Heller. If 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 Stevens is the showrunner for the these seeds that you
0: say are getting better, then I'd be more interested in this. Yeah, I have to like I said, it's killing me that Gotham doesn't come back till March, mm-hmm. and I'm oh I'm so ready for it to come back because Jerome's coming back, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm ready for that party. Okay, but he's not gonna be Joker. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's a swerve. I don't listen to I don't listen to what they say. I just watch the show. I know. <laughs> All right. So that's kind of cool. And then lastly, um, in an exclusive interview with Mark Hughes on Forbes, Brian Michael Bendis dropped the big news about what he will be doing at DC Comics. And so we already know that his first work is going to be a little 10-page story in Action Comics number 1000. It has been revealed that he will be contributing a story to DC Nation number zero, which I assume is going to be the free comic book day book put out by DC. Bendis is going to be writing a six-issue weekly series. called Man of Steel that is supposed to be like paradigm shifting, you know, major stuff and then spinning out of that six issue miniseries, Bendis is taking over both monthly Superman books. He will be writing both Action Comics and Superman and Action Comics will pick up with number 1001 and Superman will be renumbered and it will restart at number one and they're each going to have a different approach and tone. Superman will be the the adventure driven book and action comics will be sort of like Clark Kent's daily life, which that one sounds interesting to me because that really sounds like something that appeals to the, the work from Bendis over at Marvel that I really enjoyed, like his street level stuff.
1: So did I hear somewhere that Bendis would also be working on a Plastic Man monthly?
0: No, Plastic Man is going to be in the Terrifics. Right. And that's Jeff Lemire. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think I thought I I thought I had read that, but I, obviously I must, like if you hadn't heard that, then I must not, I must have misread it. I don't
0: know, like, but that was the big re- that was the big reveal from this Mark Hughes article that he is taking over both Superman books. So Dan Jurgens' run on Action Comics and uh, Peter Tomasi's run on Superman will be ending. But Bendis did go on to say, "Do not worry, we're not rebooting the series. We are picking up where they left. It, it is a continuation. It's just that now he's taking over both books. Okay, which uh, that's that's interesting. He he even said in the quote, "My run will be following their runs. We're not throwing anything out." We're not abandoning anything. We're following what's been going on and taking it to surprising new areas. Um, another thing that was revealed in this interview was that DC is uh, basically getting publishing rights to all of Bendis's creator-owned stuff, all his library, and plus he will be releasing new material uh, connected to his creator-owned stuff. So that's like Powers, Jinx, Scarlet, and they're apparently a big thing is this this booky Jinx world, which I know nothing about, but. Was a big deal and apparently he is going to be curating a brand new imprint at DC Comics he said think about what Gerald Way is doing with Young Animal at DC Comics and he's gonna be doing something similar to that where there'll be an imprint where he'll write a book or two and then he'll be curating the other books so it sounds like Bendis got a sweet sweet deal with DC Um, he makes some comments about how the deal is even more of a partnership with DC than what he had with Marvel and then publishing some of his stuff through Icon Um, uh, I would recommend checking out this Forbes article once again. It's a it's a Mark Hughes article, so it's long. I'm basically just hitting the highlights, but uh, but yeah, Bendis is writing Superman. Okay, this is going to be interesting, folks.
1: Well, I I am going to educate you this on this. So I was not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Tell so, me. So this is from Comic Book Resources. This is on Tumblr. So Brian Michael Bendis answered a question. I don't know if this was part of an AMA, which is an Ask Me Anything, or not. But he was responding to somebody's question on Tumblr, and this was the question: One thing. I have loved about your work in the last in the past has been your ability to elevate lesser known characters into the spotlight, like you did with Madame Mask and Parker Robbins. I'm hoping you're gonna be doing the same level of characterization with DC's stable. Uh, is is that's I guess what I'm getting at? Can you give us a hint or two about characters you know are badass and could stand to be dusted off? And he didn't post a text response, but he posted uh, and this looks like from Brave and the Bold. It was an image of Batman. Man and Plastic Man, but yeah, so like uh, I I wouldn't consider Batman a lesser known character that needs to be dusted off. <laughs> so so I guess the implication here is Plastic Man. I don't know. Plastic I, can Man you?
0: Is fine. But but
1: you know Plastic Man's history. I mean, you talk about like I don't know a whole lot about Bendis, but you talked about how like his best stuff was kind of his street level.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. His dare his Daredevil run is like epic. Was epic. But
1: but that's if you Plastic Man's origin is he was a criminal. He
0: working for Kite Man. What's that? Working for Kite Man. Well, yeah,
1: and yeah, in the Rutcon he was working for kite man but no i mean it's quite plastic man's original origins he was a gangster and then uh and i can't remember the whole story but basically he was kind of in hiding as a hero and kind of reformed and so but i could see like some really interesting like early plastic man kind of years where he's still that kind of gangster making a transformation so i could see something i think that'd be kind of cool
0: i, I still want to this written quest series that's what i would dig yeah
1: there's time there's time that would be cool though
0: oh man well, that's that's pretty much it for this week. I, I think we've meandered enough, <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Hopefully, we're entertaining. Um, maybe you know, <laughs> yeah. But um, guys, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, like I said, I'm hoping to talk Tim into a Gotham by Gaslight review in the near future, probably next week or two. You know, send your send you know peer pressure. It's it's always it's always good. Tim caves to that kind of thing. Trust <laughs> us, right? You know, I don't cave peer pressure. Yeah, you might you cave to grapes. Send him grapes. That that will work. <laughs> per- that, that's the way was heart. <laughs> uh, usually, usually you try to do references of people who actually get little inside joke that will explain. I, I'm just, just saying. Just <laughs> saying It's the truth, though. Okay, uh, But always, if you want to give us some feedback or you want to reach out to us, tweet us at Suicide Squadcast. I can be reached individually at ScottDC27. Yep.
1: And then on Twitter, you can reach me at Alan Fire. And of course, you can always email us at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so please do not hesitate to reach out.
0: You can also find the entire network of shows at www suicidesquadcast.com uh, on Facebook at suicide squadcast network and at patreon at www.patreon.com squadcast media
1: yep all right and thanks again for all of you who's already supporting our network and our shows and all that we really appreciate all the support you give us and uh, I would say that's probably it for this week
0: Scott yep and as we always like to remind you keep reading DC see you guys later Tim. Did we even get an hour out of the show? I can't even tell anymore. Should we just blow ourselves up, Scott, for just sandbagging this entire episode to
1: try to stretch it out to an hour?
0: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was just trying to talk. I was, I was, I was, I was laying some carpet, you know. Just, I just wanted to get this show in the can, and you just kept on talking, talking, talking. I, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I, th- I think that was enough talking, sir. Are,
1: are you accusing me of just trying to fill up the the empty space of time?
0: No, I'm not trying. I am. That's just flat out. I mean, I, I think we know what this episode deserves. (laughs) Yes, I think we do, Scott.